Hey everyone, we're here to tell you about our podcast, Resolved Mysteries. We're a podcast that is equal parts friendship, nostalgia, and research on unsolved stories. Resolved Mysteries podcast follows the 80s and 90s television show, Unsolved Mysteries, hosted by Robert Stack, and provides the most recent updates on each segment. We are three friends who have a love for true crime, the unsolved, and justice. The stories we cover range from the very silly to the truly heartbreaking. We provide in-depth research that will have you laughing, crying, and occasionally outraged. Resolve Mysteries podcast is available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite pods. Join us and perhaps you may be able to help solve a mystery. Mommy, this is so content. That is not suitable for kids like me. Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Plime and Diana Seacon, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system. But we're still crazy for a good true crime story. Yes, we are. I hesitated a little bit because I might have learned a little bit of something about our legal system for this week. God. It's not really about the legal system. It's more about medicine. What? Well, like, like medical stuff. Okay. Tied directly into the legal system. All right. Well, before you tell me about how you went and learned stuff again, again, again. All the time. I know. (sighs) Sorry. Well, I'm going to tell you that Crime Crazy is sponsored by Dave Hat and Seb Bryce. Woohoo! That's also fun. Although, if you keep learning shit, I don't know if they're going to keep this up. I think they will. I think they'll reward me. (laughs) show sponsors support crime crazy through patreon at the ten dollar per month level or above thank you thank you a special thank you to all of our patreon supporters if you'd like to be awesome like dave and seb you can check out our patreon go to patreon.com slash crime crazy pod or search for crime crazy pod all patrons get a monthly shout out on the show uh and that'll be next week it's true i was just thinking we're getting really close to may we're so close to may also, we give shout outs for reviews. So if you would like to receive one of those, please go to iTunes, or your podcast catcher of choice and rate and review us. We give shout outs or post on our social media or do something cool for all reviews. But the five star ones, those are the best. They're so nice. Yeah. You can follow Crime Crazy on all the social medias at Crime Crazy Pod or visit our website at crimecrazy.com. Woohoo! All right. What'd you learn? Okay. All right. You ready? You ready? I'm ready. Mm. This is going to set the tone for my story later, too, because that's why I learned it. Because there's a line in an article, and I'm like, huh? Okay. So. So wait. You not only learned, but you, like, set out to learn. It wasn't even an accident. I know. I did. I intentionally looked it up. And I read a ton about it, because while... I'm going to give you the, like, I started typing it all up and I was like, no, nobody cares about all of this detail. Let's back off. Um, I read a lot about it because it's very um, complicated. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued. Okay. I'm going to start simple. When you die, you stop breathing. Yes. Right. Okay. 
So what that means is that your body is not taking in any more oxygen. Mm -hmm. So whatever oxygen you have, that's all you're going to get. So oxygen is used to create something called ATP, which is really important. Okay. Because it breaks down these like, it described it as like, uh, I forget what they're called, some sort of bridges in your muscles that help your muscles release. Okay. Okay. And once you've used up all the oxygen, like, because your when your body when you die, like, your body as a whole dies, but not all of it just instantly stops. Right. right. It still keeps doing things. So it makes all the ATP it can, and then it runs out of that, and then that's all you get. And once your body uses all that ATP, then your muscles can't relax any longer. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's another process going on that actually makes your muscles contract even more than than they would have anyway, um, because as your body like starts to break down, some different things get in different areas and calcium and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it makes your muscles contract. So essentially, there's a lot working against relaxing all of your muscles, which is why you go all stiff. So within two to four hours, you're in rigor, which yep. means that none of your muscles can relax. So it happens all over your whole body at once. But a lot of times people will say it happens in your head first and then moves down your body. But that's really because of all the small muscles in your face, like your eyelids and all of those shallow muscles. And so it's really easy. Like they seize up first because they're the tiny ones. Sure. Have the whole process to go through. Then after like 48 to 60 hours or so, and this is really dependent on the environment, as other enzymes within your body start eating away at things, eventually they eat away at the right things to let all of your muscles relax. And so then you go all floppy again. And so that's how they can judge time of death using rigor. Uh-huh. That is Which very does interesting. Not bode well for the characters in my story. Well, again, true crime podcast. I know. All the time. Real bummer. that's fascinating yeah i love stuff like that so that's what i learned what did you learn oh man i learned something pretty fun oh i'm excited (laughs) so when you think of somebody who's a criminal what do you think their first name might be what ask that question again what when i think of someone who's a criminal yeah what do you think their name is whatever their name is well no like like if like if i want to pick out like a typical criminal name yeah so i feel like statistically it's probably john Ooh, close but no if you're in minnesota it's likely to be jesse jesse Mm -hmm. an organization named protection one which i think is a home security system uh we are not endorsing it Looked through the data from 30,000 arrest records and cross-referenced them against the Social Security Administration's top names over the last 100 years list and found that there are some interesting trends when it comes to names and crime. Names that start in J and end in Y dominate the top 20 list of criminal names. So Johnny was way up there. Joey. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Joey was on there, but Johnny, Jimmy... Uh, I suppose Jesse doesn't Are technically count. Um, there was one state where it was a woman. Okay. And it was, oh, I don't remember what it was. I'll have to look at it again. But no, it was mostly men. Okay. 
So it also seems that some first names are more likely to commit a certain type of crime. So our fictional criminal Minnesota Jesse is more likely to commit assault than any other crime at a rate of nine per hundred thousand of people with that name. Uh, Diana, Diana and Aaron, no matter how you spell it, do not appear on the list. Well, that's because we are angels. Why Why would anyone ever think that we would create or commit a crime? Don't end up on next week's episode. <laughs> our, our but that only applies to one specific Diana and Aaron. Not all of them. Yeah, but I think that they all want to be like us. We're their role models. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Other Dianas? Reconsider. <laughs> That is absolutely fascinating. Yep. That was my fun fact for the week. I mean, it's definitely a case of not causality, right? Like you couldn't say, well, I can't name my kid Jesse or Johnny because then they'll be more likely to commit a crime. Right. So they said like they didn't really look at any other factors. It was a pure like who's committing the crimes? What are people naming their kids? Right. Um, But it's still fun. Yeah, there probably are lots of reasons. There are. Certain people in certain families or cultures or socioeconomic statuses or neighborhoods name their kids similar things. Yeah. Well, something else that just kind of like flicked by when I was looking at something else today uh, said something to the effect of like two thirds of all crime is committed by 10% of families. And I don't, like, I didn't click on it to see if there was any validity to it or not, but, right, you know, maybe people. I mean, I feel like there, I don't know. I was yeah. going to say that there are, like, groups of people for whom crime is normal and acceptable, socially acceptable. Right. Right. Certainly anyone who lives in like, or whose family is involved with gangs or the, the mafia. Yeah. Yeah. That's all, that's all totally fine. Yep. And so. And I think that's what they were getting at is specifically like mafia families because they commit just a really impressive amount of crime. Right. <laughs> impressive in a bad way, but still. Right. But like, just a lot. A lot, a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Um, Diana, that's kind of something about crime, too. I just want to point out that as much of a hard time as you're giving me, yours was also crime-related. But not about the legal system. I mean, not directly. <laughs> that's true. That's like, true. If we're going, yeah, if we're going to nitpick. <laughs> I can't knit. Oh, so rude. (laughs) That statement is so sad because Diana can knit. She just right now can't. I have sprained everything. Everything. One of everything. One of each. each. Yeah. So we learned things. We learned things. And now we have stories to tell. We do. I'm excited. I know. I feel like I've gone first a bunch of times. Okay, so should I do that? I think you should. All right. Well, last week on Crime Crazy, we talked about the murder of Alex Ha, the son of the owner of Beverly Hot Springs Spa, who was killed by Howard Ha, no relation, who was the former general manager of the family business after a lawsuit regarding ownership of the business and property didn't go his way. Can 
just say that every week you say, last week on Crime Crazy, we talked about blah, blah, blah. And even though I am present while you're telling the story, and then I edit the podcast, and then I read our social media and do our posting on our website and all of that, it is still kind of a surprise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I remember that was That's a good right. story. <laughs> I'm impressed when I can remember what I covered last week without looking at my notes. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm mm-hmm. going to have to give it some thought about mine because I know that they're related, but I don't, I think, I don't remember what it was. So Go ahead. <laughs> you can continue now. That was it. It'll come to you. I really thought that there would be more strings that I could pick up from this story, but they they weren't really great. So first I looked for crimes that happened in spas, but that was a bunch of sex trafficking and I wasn't really up for that. Oh yeah. I didn't want to do any more boss murder. So I didn't look for those. And then I wondered if I should look up some Korean crimes because this family was Korean, but that seemed weirdly racist. It, it does seem a little <laughs> uncomfortable. Actually. It does. Yeah. I couldn't really get behind that one. So then I started looking at crimes where the perpetrator turned himself in, but that was all about R. Kelly, and I'm not giving that monster any more airtime. So then I started looking at crimes committed by people named Howard, which is (laughs) how I found out that the number one criminal name in North Dakota is Howard. And finally, we have a story. I am so excited about that part of the story. <laughs> well, don't get too excited because it's actually really hard to search on first names and crime. So we have one uh, by someone with the last name of Howard. Oh, okay. But it is at least in North Dakota. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Abdi Ali Ahmed was born in Somalia in 1993. That is which not is- a Howard. Which is the year I graduated from high school. <laughs> You're so old. I was so old. Gross. <laughs> and he came to the United States as a teenager. He settled in Columbus, Ohio in 2006. That's right really near where my grandma used to live. Aww. He was a junior in high school in Columbus. He was about 18. And he did really well in school up until his junior year. He never got in trouble, but he wanted a fresh start. So he moved to Jamestown, North Dakota, where he enrolled in the local high school and hoped to join its soccer team. The local Somali community took him in as if he were family, which apparently is what they do to folks that are new to town. Nice. He was arrested and charged with simple assault soon after he arrived in Jamestown. Those that know him called him a sweetheart and said that he was friendly and outgoing. So it was a shock and a bit ironic that about a month after Abdi moved to Jamestown, his body was found in a ditch about 10 miles east of town, having died from blunt force trauma to the head with the side of having been stabbed a couple times. Oh, my God. That turned real fast. (laughs) I feel like you should have known something bad was coming. I knew something bad was coming. I just thought there was going to be a little more story before the main character wound up. It's like Game of Thrones. Like, main character, dead. I'm going to have to trust you on that one. I've never... That's just what I hear. Okay, yeah. Me neither. It's happening in the other room right now, but... Oh, cool. Yeah. Go... This is way better. Yes, definitely. Go house of... I think there's like wolves or something. (laughs) <laughs> oh, we just lost all our listeners. <laughs> On a 
April 29th, 2011, Abdi went to a bar with Laron Howard, who was 33, and then met up with Laron's girlfriend, Janelle Cave, who was 22, to go to a house party. When they were done partying in the wee hours of the morning of April 30th, they went back to the trailer that Laron and Janelle shared, and an argument broke out. The fight moved out to the yard of the trailer and escalated. Laron hit Abdi twice in the head and then kicked him. And when Abdi kicked back, Laron grabbed him by the legs and dragged him across the street. Yikes. Yeah. So at this point, it seemed that it occurred to Laron that he was being an asshole because he apologized to Abdi and said that he was going to fix this by going to get Abdi some weed. Laron said that Abdi mumbled but didn't say any words and seemed to be having trouble getting up. At this point, Janelle came outside and she said that she found Abdi unconscious and unresponsive. When Laron picked him up and put him in the backseat of Janelle's car, Abdi was still alive. Someone, but nobody ever admitted to this, also retrieved a sword from the trailer and brought it to the car. So, <laughs> Dude, I'm really sorry that we had this fight. I'm, I'm going to make it up to you and buy you some weed and... Everything we'll just smoke it and we'll get along and everything will be cool. Two, he doesn't look so good. Let's stick him in the car. I'm gonna grab a sword just in case. Just in case. And I so I saw the picture of this sword, and when I think of a sword, I think of like the sword we have, right? Like a long, thin knife thing. Yes. This was not that. This was maybe 18 inches to two feet long. And it okay. didn't have a straight, I don't know if shaft is the right word, but knifey part. Uh-huh. It was like, w- not even just curved, but like wavy. Sneaky? Yeah. And maybe serrated and definitely very hard on a guy. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, it was weird. I don't know what kind of thing that might have been. We're going to need someone to like write us an email or a, a tweet and let yes. us know because that's been happening a lot and we love it so Yay! let us know about this wavy sword yes because <laughs> i don't know anything about it and nobody talked about the sword as much as i wanted them to it seems like it should be more of a feature in the story it should be uh Laurent and janelle got into the car and they drove over to del monte jones's house to buy some weed with the unconscious unresponsive guy in the back oh yeah when they got to the house, they went in and left Abdi in the car. Del Monte Jones later testified that when the two got to his house, they were both wearing gloves and that Laron brought the sword wrapped in a brown blanket and put it on the kitchen counter. Janelle and Del Monte smoked either marijuana or a cigarette, depending on who you ask. And Laron asked Del Monte if he could dump a body in the well on the property. <laughs> Wow. Oh, yeah. That's a good friend when you could just be like, so. <laughs> so. Need a favor. You've got that abandoned well, right? Can I just dump a body in there? No one will ever come looking for it, I swear. Right. So Delonte thought this whole thing was a joke, and he said that he, that Laurent should just put him in the field or take it down the street. Del Monte also said that when Janelle was done smoking whatever it was that she was smoking, she took the butt with her saying, no fingerprints. Uh, 
Laurent and Janelle left 10 or 20 minutes after they got there, taking the brown blanket wrapped sword with them. They got back in the car. Janelle was driving and a short distance from Del Monte's house. I think they said it was two tenths of a mile or one fifth. We are reducing fractions in fourth grade. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, people usually measure in tenths of a mile. It's true. But you are exactly right, Diana. One fifth of a mile. I mathed. A short distance from Damonte's house, she pulled over to the side of the road. And depending on who you ask, Janelle pulled over where Laurent told her to, or Janelle decided where they were going to pull over on her own. Mm-hmm. However, it happened, they stopped, and Laurent pulled Abdi, who was still alive, out of the back seat. Then, according to who you ask, either Laurent or Janelle stabbed Abdi with the sword. They then dro- mm-hmm. they then drove away to a- <clears throat> to a nearby river, where Janelle threw the sword into the water. They went back to the trailer where Janelle went to bed, and Laron played video games. He later called his ex girlfriend, who was pregnant with his child at the time, to drive him around while he disposed of some of Abdi's belongings in a dumpster. There are so many questionable decisions being made in this room. right. He then returned home, shaved, and washed the clothing that he had worn the night before. Abdi's body was found later that morning. Laron, who goes by Ra-Ra, Ra-Ra, and Janelle were arrested in what police described as a felony traffic stop with about eight police cars present. They were charged charged with murder and conspiracy to commit murder and held on $450,000 bond. And they basically told everyone they knew they had done it. No. Janelle Cave grew up in Jamestown, North Dakota. She was 22 at the time of Abdi's death. She had several convictions for traffic violations and a DUI in 2010, but nothing in her record to indicate that she had a violent background. Our buddy Rara Howard, however, did. Originally from Minnesota, he lived in Jamestown for about a year and a half at the time of Abdi's death. He was 33. He had a fairly extensive criminal history of at least 23 prior criminal convictions, including at least five felonies. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Janelle was tried first, pleaded not guilty on all charges. While she was found not guilty of first degree murder, she was found guilty of manslaughter and conspiracy to commit murder and sentenced to 11 years in prison. After her release, she will need to pay $6,926 in fees and restitution, and about 5400 of that is for Abdi's funeral. Laron pleaded not guilty and went to trial. In addition to all the evidence against him, the Stuntsman County State's attorney also noticed his extensive criminal record and said that he had, quote, no legitimate income, no car, did not support his family, no degree, no job. He parties, he's rah-rah, people give him a place to live, food, and several have sex with him. <laughs> it doesn't seem entirely relevant to the case, but at the same time, right. it's a piece of shit. It's total piece of shit. He appealed a few times, all the way up to the North Dakota Supreme Court, uh, but he never provided any additional evidence of his innocence or of any kind of issues with the original trial. 
So all the appeals were dismissed, and he's going to go ahead and spend the rest of his life in jail. I feel like that's a great place for him. Yeah. So this kid, Abdi, had moved to Jamestown, I think they said 40 days before he was murdered. And nobody really knows how they knew him. Um, Janelle later said that she had occasionally sold him some weed. And that was it. Like, no. Just a very casual acquaintance that went really bad. Right. And they both said that they didn't mean to kill him. Like, she wasn't really involved in the real killing. She was more, I don't know more involved in the logistics of the whole thing right but it sounded like you know this asshole just wanted to thump him a couple of times and it went bad that so do you think that they thought he wasn't ever going to wake up and they were going to be in trouble and that's why they decided to get rid of him so i think that's what he thought um that yeah and the medical examiner gave some credence to that Apparently, the the blows to the head resulted in severe brain damage. So what what the medical examiner said is that the blows to the head were what killed him. And the stabbing probably just helped things along because it was an additional stress on the body. But he said, even with medical intervention, he would have been a vegetable for a couple of days and died. Wow. I mean, not that these assholes knew that level of injury. Find out, yeah, if that was the case. Right. But yeah, there's no real motive as to why they finished him off and dumped him. Janelle said she went along with it because she was afraid for her own life, which seems pretty legit considering who she was shacking up with. Yeah. Although I I feel like she did choose those circumstances. So you are at least somewhat culpable for. Yeah, she didn't. must have known what that was, what he was like. I don't know. I mean, if he'd been with somebody else recently enough that she was still pregnant. And now he's living with this other woman who is very young and does not seem that bright. Maybe she didn't know about his past. Maybe. You know, I wasn't able to find a whole lot about him, but it doesn't seem like he'd spent a ton of time in jail or anything. Even with five felonies. Mind-blowing, right? Right. You know, 33 with 23 convictions? Like, who even has time for that shit? (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) And and what is it that you are doing or offering or saying? Or what are the circumstances that that many convictions in that few years and you're not in jail? Yeah. Like, why are you not currently incarcerated? Right. Right. And able to leave the state, which apparently he was. Yeah. So. Yeah. Craziness, Diana. It makes no sense. Unacceptable all the way around. It really really is. Everything is unacceptable all the way around. Very much so. (laughs) Very much so. Uh, Well. So next time, are you going to like... I don't know find a north dakota crime or are you gonna go crimes involving swords or ooh, maybe i mean north dakota crime i don't want to use up all of them it wouldn't take long right <laughs> no it like wouldn't four so. yeah roughly yeah <laughs> 
they'd all involve cows. Like you can only do so many cow tipping crimes. I don't know. North Dakota has got oil now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so yeah, there could be like three crimes, four crimes. There could. There. I mean, maybe up to dare I say half a dozen. Wow, that's a lot. I mean, that's a huge increase from our earlier prediction. It is. I mean, are we going all time or like 20th century? I mean, I feel like we've covered crimes from all over the place. That's true. That's true. Time-wise. Well, and and location-wise, but time-wise. Yep. The world is your oyster. North Dakota is your oyster. That's upsetting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oysters are gross. Oysters are gross. That's a weird... Sometimes I wonder how people looked at things and thought, yeah, that's food. That's food. Desperation. I think it's just desperation that made people eat those things. I know, but now people pay lots of money to eat slimy oysters in like special oyster restaurants. Yeah, I think that the people who ate them out of desperation then were like, Either people are going to find out we've eaten this and think that we're crazy, or we can convince them it's a delicacy. Maybe. Like lobster. It was food for prisoners. And then people were like, no, no, no. We're going to eat the shit out of this and charge a lot of money for it. Yeah. Nope. Sorry. I don't eat bugs of any kind. Nope. Not not appealing. No. Not even a little bit. <sighs> All right. Well, now that I'm thoroughly disgusted, what do you have for me? <laughs> uh, more disgusting, I'm afraid. You're not going to talk about seafood, are you? I can't no. take a lot more talk about that. No, it's not seafood. I'm going to give I'm going to give a a trigger warning before mine actually cuz it has to do with kids. Well, mostly a kid. There are several kids in the story, but one of them is the victim. And so it's sad and upsetting. Oh good. And right before bed. Now that I have said that and it's awful and you're welcome to skip it. Well, you're not. You are my hostage and you have to sit here and listen. Um, but the reason I chose it is because I feel like a lot of times we do crimes and I feel like all of the time we do crimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you are correct. But a lot of times we do them and they are just really unreal, right? Mm -hmm. Like the ones that were a long time ago. I mean, they were meaningful to people, but those people are gone. But the ones that are a little bit more current are, they're very, yeah, meaningful to people. Like they affected people's lives and those are real people. We just don't know them. Mm -hmm. And so they sound like stories. And so they're not so horrible. Right. But this one is not someone that I know, but it is someone that was in the county that I used to live in. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people that I know were affected by this, um, like either because they worked at the hospital or for the EMS or because they, um, you know, work for the, the local sheriff's office or they are friends with the mom or took care of a kid or know the grandma or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's one of those things. I think just every once in a while, like I want to do something that's like, oh my gosh, these are real people in a real place that like actually exist to keep it kind of fresh that that's what this is. So I went this serious route. 
Really glad I went on my weird name map criminal thing then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, in order to be a little less like horrible, all this is going to be kind of horrible. I also went the like, how did they like autopsy results kind of thing. So like medical forensic science and that kind of thing. So here we go. Uh, Miranda Dawn Gilbert lived in North Virginia. She was in her early 20s last year um, in February of 2018. She had been married for some time to a man that she claims was very abusive, and he probably was. He has been in prison for most of their marriage, um, but not so much that she wasn't able to have children. So she had three children. You ready for this? Holy crap. Wait, early 20s, husband in jail all the time and three babies? And, And you're right about three babies. The oldest, well, okay, so she had a one-year-old, she had a two-year-old, and she had a three-year-old. Oh my God, Irish triplets. Yeah. I just, I can't imagine, like, that right there already stresses me out. I, when I had Liam and my doctor was giving me discharge instructions over the phone, Mm -hmm. she said, like, you know, come back and see me in six weeks, no sex before six weeks. And I was like, yeah, no worries. And she's like, no, Diana, repeat after me. No sex for six weeks. And it was like, I may never let him touch me again. This is not an issue for me. And she said, I need you to promise because I can't tell you how many women show up for their six week postpartum appointment pregnant. I... I eh, well, <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine you go in to find out, like, am I going back to normal? And the answer is nah. Mm-mm. no. No. in the other direction, actually. No. Oh, my God. Yeah. No. That's no, it did not. It did not let him touch me for six weeks. No, no, back rub, you can play with my hair and you can take this baby when it's crying in the middle of the night. That's it. That's mostly what I wanted. Just take this baby like off me. Right. Right. If he could take just five minutes away, that'd be great. Yeah. So Uh, so anyway, back to the babies. (laughs) So many babies. She was one of these probably showed up at her six week appointment pregnant. Oh, my God. Um, her youngest was named Brayden Nicholas Blenaru. So I guess has dad's last name. And I am certain I'm saying that name wrong. <laughs> um, on February 1st, 2018, so just over a year ago, a little afternoon, the police got a call from her home in North. So North is this little tiny town um, north of Gloucester, and which is where I used to live. Um, it's very, very small. And the whole area, that and like all of the surrounding towns are all served by the same like sheriff's office and EMS. And there are a couple of fire stations. So there are a couple of different places EMS can come from. They all go to the same hospital. Um, it's just, you know, very, it's, but it's a huge amount of land. So even mm. though there are not very many people there and there are like pretty much no resources like there's no internet there's no public transportation nothing like that um there is a ton of space yeah so everything's very spread out um 
so they got this call, this 911 call, uh, that her one-year-old son had slipped and fallen into a bathtub of hot water and been scalded, and she was scared because she couldn't get him to respond. Oh. So they came and they got the child, and they transported him to Riverside Walter Reed Hospital, which is the only hospital in the area. The next one is about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour from there. Oh, God. Um, he and that's where you would go like so if you go to Riverside and they can't take care of you there because it's too serious if you go to mm-hmm. Walter Reed and they can't they'll they'll transport you to Riverside which is the main hospital but he didn't need to go there because they pronounced him dead at Walter Reed oh. so according to Miranda she had left her son in the bathtub and i could not find if there had been water in it Right. Because it seemed very strange to me that she should that her story should be. I left my one year old alone in a bath of water. Right. For like five minutes to go do something else. Oh, no. Um, Yeah. And so all I could think was that she was saying that she had left him alone in an empty bathtub, like a playpen type situation. Which is not that much better. No, but at least it's not full of water. Right. So he's in not theory. Right. Right, but not the ideal place to put a baby. Well, unattended. No. no. Um, so she said she stuck him in there, and then she'd left for five minutes. And when she had come back, he was face down, and the hot water, which had been off, was running full blast, and he had been scalded. Oh, my God. So to test her story a little bit, Um, The police did test the water, so they turned it on and turned it all the way hot to see how hot it could get. Mm -hmm. And it could reach 155 degrees Fahrenheit, which is hot enough to cause third-degree burns. Yep. Um, However, there was no way this story was true anyway. So they did an autopsy, and they found some really unsettling things. One... The child had been killed by being submerged in scalding water, but it hadn't just happened. Um, And actually, the cause of death is kind of two parts. So one part of it is submerged in scalding water. Sure. But it hadn't happened all that recently because, for one thing, he had rigor in his knees and wrists, which, as we just learned, takes between two and four hours to start developing and then it starts in the small muscles near the head and in the face and the eyelids. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, goes from there. Um, and so there's no way that it could have been five minutes plus however long it took EMT to get there. Right. Right. Which was presumably not three or four hours. Right. Right. No. Um, and... They did say that, like, since rigor is more associated with muscle mass, and he was just a little kid, that they mm-hmm. they wouldn't have found it all that unusual to not find it in him at all, but they had. And so I guess they felt that that made it more significant, that it it was there, they could tell. Like, mm-hmm. it was probably on that four-hour line, less than the two-hour line. Right. Um, also, injuries to his head, not consistent with slipping into the tub. Uh. Also, his burn patterns indicated that he had not slipped and fallen into scalding water. Um, and and this was the part, this was actually the first thing that I personally heard about the case. Um, and I don't know where, 
I got it from in a paper or somewhere, but uh, there was skin and flesh left behind in the tub, an indication that he had been in the water a lot longer than the five minutes Miranda claimed. Oh, God. Right. Because people are basically neat. Yeah. Um, so, the police investigated further. Miranda had no criminal record. However, there had been another criminal complaint, and there was some stuff about the situation that she and her kids were in. So, um, the, the criminal complaint said that she and her three kids were living in this house, even though she did not have custody of the two- or three-year-old at the time of the one-year-old's death. They were supposed to be living with her mother. Um, and that the house was just an awful, unsafe place to live. Uh, the quote that I read was, there was per- the presence of rats, mice, and cockroaches. Rodent feces and waste was found where the children's diapers were stored and inside of food products and in the area where food was kept in the kitchen of the home. Oh, God. They also discovered marijuana near the body of her dead baby. And In the bathroom? Apparently. It's not where you keep it. Well, no, but you also don't keep it within the reach of a toddler. Well, no. Like, not leaving a baby in the tub is parenting 101. Not leaving the weed near the baby is weed parenting number like 101. Yes. <laughs> yes. And yeah, not leaving either of them unsupervised in a bathroom. Right. At all. Like, that's just <laughs> so <laughs> bad. All, all bad. <laughs> right. So even though her mother technically had custody of the two and three-year-old at the time of Miranda's arrest, they decided that was not working out, obviously. And so they removed the children from her custody and transferred them to the social services. Mm-hmm. They charged her with a bunch of things. Um, first degree murder, uh, non-capital felony murder, and three counts of child abuse and neglect. And they took her off to jail. They had a bail hearing, and she was denied bail. Her attorney pointed out that she really didn't have any financial resources, and she had no criminal record, and she was a low flight risk. And the judge decided that the charges against her were serious enough that, they, that she just needed to be remanded. Mm-hmm. So they kept her in jail until March 20... Yep, that's a lie. I actually don't know the date... Because she ended up pleading guilty. So I don't know the date that she pled guilty. Um, but she pled guilty to three of the, what, five counts. So um, non-capital felony murder. So basically that during the commission of a felony, someone died either okay. accidentally or intentionally. But it wasn't like with intent. She hadn't murdered her baby, essentially. So I feel like that's her getting off really easy. I kind of um, feel like she did murder her baby. She Right. She definitely did, um, but I guess that that's the point of taking a plea deal is that you get to plead to something less than what you did, and we don't have to spend the money on the trial, and hopefully it all amounts to about the same thing. Yeah. Also, two counts of child abuse. There were two other charges, the first-degree murder and another charge of child abuse that were, and I'm going to say this wrong, but Noel Prost which basically means that they decided not to charge her with them right then. They put them aside and don't intend to charge her with them, but they reserve the right to do so in the future if there's some good reason to. Okay. So kind of a sword over her head. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, kind of a, 
like, yeah, we'll let you play to this and we'll, we'll whatever. But yeah, yeah, there are these other things that we could bring back if you don't comply. Um, on March 29th, so a month ago. Wow. She was sentenced. She will serve 15 years in prison for the murder and five years each for child abuse and neglect. And um, I didn't say it earlier, but the two charges of child abuse and neglect were against the older two children. Okay. So one charge for each child. (sighs) Better than nothing? I mean, her children will be adults. She will never get them back. Nope. She will be 50 and probably unable to have children. Like, if the point is to keep her away from people that she could injure until she can no longer do the kind of damage she already has, then I feel like that's an effective sentence. Yeah. Virginia doesn't have, what was it called that we talked about last week? It's not voluntarily, voluntary parole, but like, they don't just let you out. Right. After a certain number of years, you serve the whole sentence. Yeah. The whole sentence being, you know, the percentage of it that you serve. Yeah. So, <sighs> so yeah. Um, I just, like, I was still in Gloucester when this happened. And I heard about it. Somehow, Sophia's biological mother had heard about it. It was very much like big, big news, right? Because she had gone to the local hospital where I know 50 people that work there. And she had been transported by relatively local EMS. And I like taught half of them. And it was was very much a small town like thing. And I just remember the really upsetting parts about it um, being that essentially, like she said, this had happened. It was real quick. Her, you know, it was an accident, all of this. But then when the baby got to the hospital and like the coroner looked at him and everybody looked, he had been boiled. Like (sighs) it was not, he had been in the water for a really long time. Well, in like the head wounds, like again, did she knock him unconscious and put him in the water to cover it up? Yeah. Yeah. Like there had been some incident that happened and she's like, okay, how do babies accidentally die? Oh, they get scalded. Yeah. I'm going to need to, what, leave him in here or maybe I freak out and walk away or, but can you, uh, I don't know. She just must have been really dumb to think that that would work. Well, I think that's the common denominator, you know, like we can find out so many things. Yeah. Like, we don't even understand how much we can find out about things <laughs> or the right people can. Yeah. <sighs> well, and I don't know. I mean, I think it's also obvious that she didn't care much about the kids. Well, maybe, but, you know, she also probably had zero financial resources. You know, she's young. She probably didn't get a good education or any continuing education. She's got three children under three that she needs to take care of. And you have to have a nice, nice job to afford daycare for that. Oh, I'm certain that was not happening. Well, no, not at all. Even people with really 
you know, decent financial means end up having a parent stay at home because daycare is ridiculous. Yeah. I just, I don't know. <laughs> you know, maybe she was dumb. Maybe she didn't give a shit. Maybe she just had no options or maybe all of the above. Right. Awful. It's Absolutely. horrible. <sighs> so that was my happy story for the day. <laughs> happy. But I will say, I know this was the one that I was trying to get to mm-hmm. because I wanted to tell a local story that like stuck in my head and now I've gotten it out. But um, it does mean that now I can go in a brighter path. Yay! And since my last string was child murder, I can't do that one again. So. No. <laughs> Next week. Maybe some baby cuddling? Maybe some baby cuddling. Do we know any babies? I could actually use some actual baby snuggles. Oh, gosh. Not any local babies. Well, that's inconvenient. I know. I'm sorry. Hmm. I'm not going to produce one for you. Same. <laughs> all right cheer me up what have you been listening to Ooh, i don't know if this is gonna cheer you up. <laughs> <laughs> so I have i'm gonna to have to go eat some cake after this <laughs> i know well no it will cheer you up because it, it will make you happy because you are a twisted individual excellent um, Yes. So I have listened to some podcasts, but what I spent my entire trip. So this past weekend, I drove to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan and back, which is about it should be a nine hour drive each way. It definitely took me 11 hours to get out there. (laughs) And that included um, (laughs) included sleeping in a parking lot for 30 minutes. Uh, Only it wasn't really sleeping because I was fucking terrified that I was about to get murdered in my car because I spent the whole way there and half the way back listening to Stranger Beside Me, which is the Ted Bundy story. Uh, Oh, yeah. And so I was definitely in the part where like lots of little bugs going around and lots of girls ending up missing and then like just their heads being found in the park and all of the and and here I am like parked at a rest stop in the middle of the woods and there's no cell signal and I'm like oh my god so that's what I'm too and how um, was it did did Anne Rule read it or so was that somebody yeah. else no it's it's Anne Rule she didn't she's not the narrator I forget who the narrator is um but it is her story. It is really fascinating. Um, I'll talk about it more in another episode that we do. But mm-hmm. um, it's just it's because because the, the whole story is that she knew Ted Bundy. She didn't yep. know he was the Ted Bundy. But like they were casual friends. They worked together. Like and so she knew all of the stuff about his life. Anyway, she knew him long before he was ever tied to anything oh yeah and before he'd Um, done most of it yeah suspected suspected or even like traveled out of state all of that kind of stuff and so um and there are just a lot of crazy coincidences about where they lived and their connections to one another Mm -hmm. and people they knew that knew each other and just all of this kind of stuff so it's a really interesting perspective yeah because she got to know him 
before ever hearing about the other things. And so to then look at him as like this human being that I knew and I, you know, I thought I knew and I had talked to and we had shared intimate details with each other and like, could this actually be a thing? So yeah, it's really fascinating. I have about an hour left. So I was doing that cleaning my kitchen today and then Sophie wouldn't stop coming in the room. So <laughs> I, that's my plan for tonight. Yes. So. Excellent. Yeah. So not a podcast. I'll get back on the podcast thing next week, but good book. Yes. I read it. God, probably a few years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. I have another um, another true crime book downloaded that I am ready to actually read, not listen to, but read um, by another author that we are going to get to know here soon uh, that I'll talk about another time, too. So just to, you know, just to tease and give absolutely zero information, there's a book <laughs> and I'm excited. Yay. I've got a what bunch. Dave yeah. brought me a couple true crime books. My sister got me one for my birthday that's about cheer you up oh man she did an extra good job because it is a crime story with a side serving of uh irish republican army stuff (laughs) (laughs) diana's in heaven oh yeah first to erotica (laughs) i haven't started it yet but i'm very excited about it uh yeah i've got a i've got a backlog of books Cool. So what have you been listening to? So what I started listening to this week was Killer Jobs. Ooh. Yeah, it's all about serial killers. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was expecting like um deadliest catch kind of stuff. Oh no no right? no. Like in the middle of the ocean or on an oil rig or no okay. actual killing. Um, so oddly enough, I was also listening to the Ted Bundy episode. And what's interesting about this particular series, it's well done, it's well researched, like all of those good things. But what's super interesting to me is that all of the episodes are under an hour. And they cover some pretty intricate stuff. So if you want like a super high level on a particular serial killer, like this is a really good start to give you a flavor. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really neat. It's very well done. I'm enjoying it. One serial killer per episode? Um yes, I think for the most part. I haven't gone through the whole catalog, but cool. But yeah, just kind of bite sized. It must be Ted Bundy season. It must be spring <laughs> is Ted Bundy season. Kind of a terrifying thing to say. <laughs> kind of is. Kind of is. Awesome. I suppose it's going around with the new series and uh, yeah, absolutely. The well, Zac Efron like, thing. Go through all of our serial killers. So. I read something today. I don't remember what I was looking at. But it said that the Zac Efron Ted Bundy movie is supposed to be a comedy. Was that a misprint? It had to be a misprint. How can that be? Uh, what? No. It's got it. That's got to be wrong. I'm just going to believe it's wrong. I'm looking right now and it a uh, biographical crime thriller. Okay. Yeah. It must have been a misprint because nothing I've heard about that. Shockingly evil and vile. Yeah. Efron almost had a mental breakdown while filming the movie. Yeah, it said that he had a really hard time separating 
himself from the character. It's, I mean, yeah. Yeah, not a comedy. All right. Feel better no, now. No, it doesn't seem to be a comedy. Um, but it does seem really fascinating. Oh, I will definitely be watching it. Yeah. May 3rd comes out this week. Oh, wow. I didn't yep. realize it was that close. I didn't either until just now. Well, heck yeah. But I'm ex- especially right after listening to this book. I'm excited. To read the movie? To watch it. <laughs> I am currently reading about the movie and talking, which is apparently not a good plan. <sighs> not at all. Um. All right. So, Diana. Yeah. Do you have any advice for us this week? I do. Okay. So, weed's great and all, but it. <laughs> <laughs> but don't end up on next week's episode. But it doesn't solve head injuries. Like, you can't fix a beaten with weed. No. You you could maybe... Right. Like, you could maybe fix it with a nice call to 911. Yeah. Immediately after. Immediately. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, not always. Sometimes, no. Does it fix a stabbing? Sometimes. Because I definitely thought you were talking about my story for a second with your advice, but now it occurs to me that you're talking about your story. Yes. But it applies to both. It really does. Yikes. So, yeah, weed doesn't fix injuries. No. 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 Call your people. Call your people. And don't end up on next week's episode.